journey to naturopathy and terrain medicine with Dr. Melina Roberts, allergies, eczema, and child nutrition. Dive into the world of naturopathy with Dr. Melina Roberts, who transformed her struggles with allergies and eczema into a healing journey. In this interview, we explore terrain medicine's transformative impact on health perception and tackle the six stressors interfering with our body's proper functioning. We also delve into Dr. Roberts' unique food introduction programs for children based on building a healthy microbiome, understanding organ mal... Uh, maturation, I hope I said that right, and promoting natural nutrient-dense foods. Don't miss this enlightening discussion. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Welcome, and let me share a little bit more about the guests that we have here today. Dr. Melina Roberts is a naturopathic doctor, author of Building a Healthy Child, TEDx speaker, and founder of Advanced Naturopathic Medicine Center in Calgary, Canada. She has been featured in ABC, NBC, Fox, CW, CBS, Canada News Journal, and many more. She is recognized as one of North America's top bioregulatory medicine practitioners. She is a leading authority in naturopathic medicine, specializing in bioregulatory medicine. I said that twice, effectively treating digestive issues, complex chronic disease, and cancer. I am so pleased to welcome to the stage Dr. Melina Roberts. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, April. I'm so excited to be here. It's a pleasure. And so let's start by sharing with the audience a little bit more about you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you my story of um, how I really got into naturopathic medicine. And really that starts from my childhood. So I was a kid who had really bad allergies and eczema, and I'd break out in a rash to pretty much everything I ate and even anything that was in the environment. So if I was playing outside in the grass, I would break out into a rash. And when I would break out into a rash, I would just itch my skin until it would bleed. And, um, and this was mostly my life. And that was just something that I thought I was just going to have to learn to live with. Um, when I was about 13, my parents, um, a family friend actually said to my parents, you know, you should try taking her to see a naturopathic doctor. And so um, they brought me to see a naturopathic doctor. And within a few months of seeing this doctor and following his plan, all of my allergies cleared up. So to me, it was like magic because I really didn't understand how it all worked. So um, that was um that was kind of my my first introduction to naturopathic medicine. And it was it was really um, helped me to realize that the body had this ability to be able to heal itself. Um, I think before that, I didn't really have that realization, but um, that really propelled me into um, 
deciding to go into naturopathic medicine. So, um, so, uh, you know, kind of fast forward into my education. I, um, I attended uh, the naturopathic college in Toronto, Canada, and um, I went through, did, did my schooling through that. Uh, but um, what happened when I was in my, uh, in my second year at the naturopathic college, my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, so, um, at that point in time, I didn't really know anything about cancer or how to treat cancer. Um, but I just started doing a bunch of research into, um, natural approaches to treating cancer. And what I was surprised to find was that within the scientific literature, there was a lot of information in terms of, um, how to treat cancer naturally. Um, so I, that started my journey in terms of researching that. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, my dad died like nine short months later. So I wasn't able to help my dad, but that really started my journey in terms of um, researching into to how to treat cancer. And so then after I finished at the naturopathic college, I just went in search of different uh, clinics and practitioners that were having success treating cancer. Um, and that's how I really found myself into um, something called European uh, bioregulatory medicine. And I started doing some training into um, bioregulatory medicine. And, um, and I was amazed that, um, you know, that there was uh, practitioners that were having success treating cancer. Um, and, and I, what I did was I just brought all that information, all that testing therapies um, back to North America, back to Canada, so that I could start using that, uh, that those therapies, um, as well as those testing um, to see what was going on with my patients. And I could start utilizing that and um, using that in terms of um, therapies that I use in my clinic now to treat my patients. So um, that's sort of the journey into, into um, how I practice. And, um, and then I have a little bit of a journey in terms of, you know, um, in terms of my book, which is, which is a little bit, a little bit different, but, um, uh, but it's, it, it also explains it because then, you know, you're using naturopathic medicine and then, and then I, and then I get pregnant and have a child and think, well, you know, like, how can I make sure that my child is healthy and that we make sure that my my kid, that we build my child's health correctly from the beginning so that we can prevent all of those chronic diseases in her future? And is that possible? And, you know, and then the research I came across um, helped me to realize, yeah, that is possible, like that we can build health right from the beginning. Um, so I don't know if you want me to go into some of the things that what I came across in terms of that, but of course, well, let's letting you get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, because your story just it's so powerful. And yes, I want to allow you to have the space for that because it's very impactful. But 
I do want to go back a little bit and talk yeah. briefly about some of these experiences. You, This is starting from the very get-go at childhood with your experience in naturopathy. I mean, not very many of us have that opportunity uh, um, where we're given the experience like that, yeah. the way that the healthcare system is built. We are, we're all kind of a product of the, the system that we're given and that yeah. is, you know, dominant. So because of that, this really inspired you and opened up your mind incredibly. And if it wasn't for the, the difficulties and challenges you were having physically with the eczema, et cetera, yeah. you never would have gotten to a place where you needed those sort of things. Yeah, and you never true. would have known that, you know, and been amazed by the impact that food and our diet and what we put in on and around our bodies yeah. have such a great effect on us and our overall well-being and health. So I love that you were given that at such a long, yeah. young age because of that, it sparked you wanting to learn more, to be this light in the world. And so you educated yourself, you dived right in and you had all of these burning questions of why is this? What's the science behind it? So you put yourself through school and then you come to this, you know, world and light where you're serving others with the knowledge that you have. And the story of your dad, another great impact. Dr. Molina, the reason I bring this up is because it just tells me that you are supposed to be this massive impact and light in the world you. because you've had these experiences come to you. And I like to liken it to you know, when, when you go in a, in a soulful journey, right, <laughs> that we bring ourselves through these experiences in order to get the, uh, the knowledge and inspiration to, to learn and grow from it and yeah. then to inspire and impact the world around us through those experiences. And so when it comes to your dad and they're painful, right? It's not fun being sick. It's not fun yeah. losing our loved ones. And at the same time, those opportunities, those learning gifts, uh, push us to want to learn more and want to research more. If my dad has cancer, I want to know how do we heal from cancer? Where are all of the other studies being conducted? And, you know, then you have a child and now you're like, well, I want to get this started from the get-go, from the start of life, the beginning of life, so this doesn't happen. And yeah. so it's just a beautiful transitioning with your life, the way that, that it has navigated you to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. Like that's, um, I think that all of those um, life journeys are, are what help to evolve. Because like, you know, like if you were to ask me, I don't know, um, like uh, as I was going through high school, if I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor, I wouldn't have had any idea like that's that was going to be my journey. But um, but yeah, this is this is what, you know, life life happens. And then this is, you know, how you're how the life evolves. Right. And um, and even in terms of my book, like I I I kind of developed that information um for my daughter. And, and then I was sharing that information with my patients. And then my patients were like, 
this should really be in a book. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could make it into a book. So then I can share it with a wider audience. And then and then that's how the book evolves. Right. So it's kind of like naturally and organically um, comes together as opposed to um, uh, being manufactured. Yeah, that's a really cool thing about life when we start to follow those uh, inspirations that we have, you know, when we're following, uh, uh, I don't know, our light for a better lack of words, the things that we're most excited about, then things start to fall into place. And, yeah. and it is through that excitement is birthed the creation of something. And where we met is yeah. uh, you were a speaker <laughs> on stage. And so yeah you know, all of these things have led you into something new. So you, you started out with a practice, you became inspired, you went into further research, you brought this to your, you know, the patients that you, you serve. And then you also started to, to share that with them. And they're like, I want this in writing so I can yeah. apply yeah. it at home. So I don't have to remember what you said here. In the <laughs> office, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the book is birthed. And then because the book is birthed, now you start sharing that on stage with another audience. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about that journey as well. Uh, Melina, what inspired you to really start sharing your story and your journey to another audience outside of your practice? Well, I think that that, um, you know, I think that what you what you realize when you're practicing is that um, is that like you can only influence a, a certain a, a finite number of patients when you're in practice, right? It's the only the people who are able to physically come in to see you and really can afford to um, afford to see you as well. Cause like in terms of our medicine, it's um, it's people are paying out of pocket for, to see me. So um, I think that in terms of that, you know, you have lots of information and lots of knowledge that I can share and um, uh, sharing it in a book is one way to, to reach a wider audience. But I think that um in terms of um, then I get into um, lecturing um, to other professionals. Um, and that's, and that's, again, where I started just lecturing and teaching. And then you realize that, um, you know, you can actually transform that knowledge into um, information that could be good for the public. So then I start doing uh, lectures and for the public. Um, and then that um, that expands into um, speaking on on bigger stages. And so you're speaking on bigger stages and um, educating more people on um, on how the body has this amazing ability to be able to heal itself if we set up the right environment for it to do so. And um, and then things get recorded and um, and then you um, it gets on to um, even wider audiences. Um, because then you're on the internet. So um, that's, again, that's, that's really how it's all evolved. I've been practicing for 20 years now. So um, it, it, it has been a, a journey of, um, of, of smaller, smaller stages to, to larger stages for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I was so inspired by you when you were on stage through your story and your journey 
And I love how much you talk about that the body is capable of healing itself. Yeah. In in your opinion, what has been your experience on the the audience that doesn't really have an idea or knowledge of that? Do you feel that it's still very, very common for people to not have that understanding? Or do you feel like it's really starting to expand as a, a more common knowledge? Um, like, I think that um, what I really try to focus on for patients is I, I don't want to make it like too big, too big of something that, that no one thinks that they're able to grasp it, or it's, um, it's out of reach for most people. Really, I believe that um, we, we all have this, we all within us have this amazing ability to heal ourselves. And all we have to do is set up that right environment to do so. And really what it comes back down to is it comes back down to like basics, right? So it's, you know, like the foods that we eat, toxins that we're exposed to, uh, getting proper sleep, getting water intake, um, going outside and connecting with nature and the earth, Um it's it yeah it's really just to me it's getting back to basics it's moving our bodies it's our um connection with community it's it's how we think so all of those things when we get down to the basics um is all something that everyone has access to we can all be doing things that are going to help to shift our body into balance I think sometimes when we get into um, naturopathic medicine and then we get into functional medicine and we get into bioregulatory medicine, like these are just big terms and people are um, say, oh, I don't really know what that is. I don't really understand that. And, but if you just get back to basics, this is what our bodies are designed to do. Our bodies are designed to heal itself and we just need to clear out um, things that aren't allowing it to heal itself. We just have to clean up that, I call it the terrain. We have to clean up the terrain, move everything else out of the way, and then just allow the body to do what it naturally does best. And and I think that when you when people realize that we all have access to that, our bodies are all able to do that, I think that's um, really motivating. It's not out of reach for us. Right. And there's so many ways that you can do it, you know, regardless of circumstance, finance, there are yeah. ways to, to hit all of those buckets, so to speak, yeah. in some form or capacity, or at least, you know, a number of them yeah. in some yeah. form or capacity, right? And that's a good start. So yeah. when we talk about terrain, this terrain aspect, can you to shed a little bit more light on what that is and what it means to you? Yeah. So um, how I, what I really describe as terrain is like basically in terms of bioregulatory medicine, there's like three main aspects of it. One is the understanding that the body has an amazing ability to heal itself, which I've said a number of times already. Um, number two is that 
our bodies have um, self-healing, self-regulating mechanisms. And we just have to make sure we access those self-regulating, self-healing mechanisms. Um, so that means moving things out of the way to allow it to do so. And then the other aspect is the body's terrain. And terrain is really the area around our cells. Um, so what we have to do and really focus on is allow the body to be able to, um, if we clean up that terrain, that area around our cells, then we're able to allow the body to be able to heal itself. So the analogy that I love to use is, is if we have a plant that's unhealthy, you don't do anything to manipulate the plant in order to help the plant to regain health. What you do is you change the soil that that plant is in. And if you change the soil, then you can help that plant to regain its health. And that's the same thing that we can do in terms of our bodies. So if we have cells, so our bodies are made of a number, you know, millions, trillions of cells. And if those cells are unhealthy, what we do is we change the environment that those cells live in. So the area around those cells, and if we change that terrain, then we can allow those cells to then regain health. And, and that's really like, I call it the ecosystem, the terrain um, of the body. And when we clean up that terrain, then we can allow those those cells, and then we help the body to regain health. So that's really what terrain medicine is all about. Wow. Well, it, it makes a ton of sense, at least to yeah. me. And yeah. I really like how you you describe it as a terrain. It makes it just makes sense. And so cleaning up the environment, we're talking a lot about our environment. And, you know, I've had a, a few guests on the show that have mentioned you know, when we when we consider our environment that of which we've been given, and I talked a little bit about most people are familiar with the the, the more common healthcare system of yeah. the traditional doctors and the traditional way of thinking, um, but that is the environment of which we've been conditioned, <laughs> and it's not anyone's fault. It yeah. just is what we've been given is what yeah. we know until yeah. we start branching outside of and we start visiting <laughs> a doctor like you, a naturopath, right? We start learning that the way to navigate the grocery store is to shop on the outskirts and <laughs> yeah. not just yeah. go yeah. into, you know, and, and just have that awareness of in order to start really doing the cleanup. Yeah. Yeah, like for sure. For me, diet is is such a huge component because um, I really think our health lies in our digestive tract. So, you know, those sort of advice in terms of, you know, going on the outside of um, the grocery store is, is such significant advice because what we want to be eating is we want to be eating real food. We want to be eating food that's from the earth. And um, we don't want to be eating processed foods. Um, and really why we want to be eating real food is that our bodies are designed how like the building blocks of our bodies are designed to have to eat real foods from the earth and that's what's going to help to nurture us and that's going to be the building blocks to build a healthy body so that's why we want to be taking in real food is because that's how we're going to build health in the body 
Absolutely. And that's, again, going back to the basics, basics. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's incredible. Thank you so much. We're going to move into our commercial. And when we get back, we're going to highlight a few more of these. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Melina Roberts and we're discussing overall health, naturopathy, all of the things that really bring us back into balance. And something that I'm very interested in, Melina, knowing is you know, we, it's easy for so many of, to, of us to get out of balance. And when we talk about overall health and disease and what brings us to that, they say that stress is the number one killer, right? And so there's all of these stressors that are, are hitting our bodies, constant bombardment, the world is going at such a fast pace, right? And so you know, learning how to kind of tune that out and slow down is definitely a, a something that we need to bring our bodies to in order to avoid getting to that awful stage of some sort of disease in our bodies and in our life. But what would you say is some of those stressors that it really starts leading us to that point? Yeah, so um, this is one of the things I talk about a lot um, is the stressors on the body. And basically, we have six major stressors on the body that we need to identify and remove in order to allow the body to heal. Because when you have those stressors on the body, it's affecting your body's ability to be able to heal itself. So I call them sort of like blockades to proper healing. Um, so those those stressors are food uh, sensitivities. So that's everything from like the major ones, the major food and sensitivities are wheat, cow's dairy, white refined sugar, and industrial oils. Those are things that are going to cause the most stress on the body. There's definitely more, but those ones are are Mm. the ones that I talk about the most. Um, Do you mind if we just just stay on that for a okay. minute. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, 
as you know, there is so much controversy yeah. in all of these areas, right? And because we're so familiar with, we just want to fight that, right? We're yeah. like, you know, um, I have been eating dairy my entire life and there is no way that it's bad for me because I've survived this long or all of the different things yeah. that we can come up with as excuses, right? As to why we don't believe <laughs> that that is a truth yeah. and why it's so difficult for people to accept even the new science-backed research that yeah. is saying yeah, even though we've been telling ourselves this for over a hundred years now, it is not in fact the truth. It is not yeah. the case. And so how do you address that with some of your clients when you come across this? I, I'm sure there is a lot of, uh, of, of people who really don't want to go that route. Is there any way that you like to lead people into uh, an ease factor for this? Um, so yeah, because I've been practicing for so long, I I've heard all of those excuses. Um, and so my, my approach is always, well, for, I do testing. So we see, I can show them in the testing that um, certain foods are weakening their systems and not working for them. Um, but even if they don't show up in the testing, I still suggest, uh, removing them from the diet because even if they don't necessarily notice, like because what people expect is that as soon as I eat this food, then it should make me feel bad. Like that's how I would know that the food isn't working for me. But the challenge is, is that um, in terms of um, foods, it can be causing inflammation in your body, whether you feel it or not. And, and that's a challenge, right? Is that um, you might not have necessarily digestive issues. Um, but I think a lot of people do have digestive issues. And one of the ways that we can tell if people have digestive issues is um, not just gas and bloating, but in changes in the bowel movements, you know, like what do the stools look like? So it's a, a question I will ask all my patients is about bowel movements. Um, but we also see it in terms of inflammation. So um, the body can be all inflamed and um, and I can and I run some tests that I run in my clinic and we can see that the system is inflamed, um, whether they feel it or not. And so, um, you know, like whatever they're coming into the clinic with, there's there's always some imbalances that can be rectified by cleaning up the diet. So um, diet is is a huge part of um, people's healing journey. Um, so I always describe it as uh, food is our building block and we got to make sure we're supplying our body with the building blocks it needs in order to repair and heal. Um, I and love that. So you, you really show them the proof. And yeah. so you're like, I, I know that you don't want to accept this, but let me show you exactly what it's doing because you're not going to feel it and sense it right away unless yeah. you have a very sensitive yeah. body. Yeah. Like I have that with uh, <laughs> systemic lupus, my body, like okay. I, I call it my superpower though, because okay. if I have a beer, I feel awful yeah. afterwards. So like it, it's very automatic where I'm like, okay, that's not working out for my body. Yeah. So, but, but for a lot of people, that's not the case. And it yeah. does take a long time and it's taking years and years of this buildup yeah. for it to show up as something differently in the body. And then it's kind of too late. Right. <laughs> so uh, I think it's really impactful that you show people through, you know, 
blood work, stools, et cetera, or the consistency that they're experiencing with bowel movements or what have you to show them, well, this is how it shows up in your body. And this is what uh, is not working. And these are some things where we can help get that regulation and and go to that terrain aspect of medicine yeah. and healing. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I would say about that, what I really appreciate is shedding the light on that with those tasks and that knowledge is it really debunks so many of the fads that we have. You know, we have the keto diet, we have this, and it's easy to go off of those major fads where there's thousands or more people that are experiencing it and claiming it to be this impressive uh, miracle diet, right? Whereas it may be good in short term for a body, but it's not good in longevity. And so there's so many of those out there. Yeah, I usually talk about like bio-individuality, that um, everyone's system is different. So um, everyone's diet also is um, different. So uh, how one person reacts to a food might be different from how another person reacts to a food. So you really have to figure out what works best for your system, as opposed to following, following some of those fad diets. But I think some of those fad diets, you know, they sometimes have some you know, that there's something, um, there's something beneficial about them. Um, I think a lot of them, what they help to do is they help to remove uh, processed foods, um, Mm -hmm. which are, which are hugely problematic. And so I think cutting out processed foods is an excellent way, um, regardless of what you're doing. And a shift towards eating real foods is, is always going to be beneficial, um, regardless of um, sometimes it, you know, like things can be beneficial for short periods of time, as opposed to um, what do you need for longevity? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely beneficial aspects, just like you're, you're talking about it's leading us in a, in the right direction or educating. It's a beginning of an education that you didn't have before. And I think that so much of that is really coming to the forefront and it's a, it's an awesome thing, but, and it's going like you have mentioned a couple of times, but back to basics, it's it's from the earth is, is (laughs) what is really, it's kind of a no brainer. Right. And as long as you stick to that, you're, you're very unlikely likely to go wrong when it's things that are stemming from what nature is providing for us. We're coming to this world and on this earth and it's all given to us and you don't have to, you know, necessarily reinvent the wheel. Right. But we are creatures of creation, which is how we came into these processed foods and all of these new ideas and, and, you know, the coloring that we put in our food, but (laughs) you know, with maybe good intention and at the same time realizing that it's not good for us. Yes. And so it's that knowledge and that learning, the education that is starting to really roll in. So um, now I threw you a little off track with all of that. And (laughs) so let's get back on track and go into the next uh, stage of um, a stressor that we can. Yeah. The other stressors are um, immune challenges, 
So, um, so that can be like um, bacterial overgrowths, fungal overgrowths, parasites, viruses, all of those things can be immune challenges on the body. Um, there's heavy metals. Um, so we have, we can get a, a lot of heavy metals through our foods, but we can also get them from uh, metal amalgams in the mouth. Uh, that's probably one of the most common ways that we're getting exposure to heavy metals. Um, and then can you shed a little bit more light on that? Here I go stopping okay. you again. I know but it's on my own. <laughs> they're, they're big topics. I'm just trying to grazing over. <laughs> so when you talk about the, the metals you talked to, you said it's the most common. Can you just, can you just shed a little more light on that? I'm curious. Yeah. So I think that, um, in terms of dentistry, um, especially in terms of bioregulatory medicine, we really actually talk a lot about dentistry and how what happens in the mouth can be affecting the rest of the body. But one of the things that's, um, you know, very commonly used and it kind of frustrates me to even see them still using it, but those metal silver amalgams that are in people's mouth, um, they will slowly over time, um, they will basically uh, uh, get into our bloodstream and and then we get that high amount of metals in our system. So there's definitely mm -hmm. different exposures in the environment, but putting metal amalgams into people's mouth is, is one huge um, exposure of mercury that just builds up in our system and can cause a lot of problems in terms of how our body function, because we're not supposed to have any heavy metals in our systems. I'm glad I asked because, <laughs> and maybe this is really beneficial to the audience because, uh, you know, I don't ever think about it. I think I had one of those tiny little silver fillings or what have you when I was like a teenager. Yeah. And well, so I mean, you can think of it as slowly leaching into your system over time. So how does one, I mean, so with that knowledge, is that something that you can, you know, have extracted and replaced? Like, do you deal with that? Yeah. So I will refer them to um, a biological dentist. So a dentist who can remove those metal amalgams safely. So they have um, a lot of things that they do in, they put into place. So they put um, dams in, they use like vacuums that help to extract it. You have to make sure that the, the person who's removing those metal amalgams um, knows what they're doing, Be not just not just any dentist will remove it because um, they can make you sicker if they are, remove them inappropriately sure. because they yeah. could be drilling into those metals and then you have you have more um, more mercury that's causing more problems than um, than when when the uh, amalgam is right in there. So I that's usually prefer them. Yeah, yeah. And and it reminds me, um, so I've had a guest on the show that talked about, she's very passionate about breast implants. Yeah. And all of the crud and toxins that are actually within the, uh, you know, whether it's, I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about them. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, the, and then the same thing, you have yeah. to go to somebody who knows how to take them out yeah, properly exactly. and professional, because yeah. if, if it's leaked, you're in a big load of trouble, right? Yeah. And so people yeah. don't think about that. So I'm really glad that I brought it up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, in terms of dentistry, like we, we have like dentists that we refer to, to make sure that everything is done properly. Cause there's a lot of stuff that happens in dentistry, which, um, is not, um, that they're taught in dent regular dentistry school that is really not healthy for the human body. So, see, so, um, it just from, it just furthers your knowledge. Yeah, and, you know, it's it, I'm I'm fascinated too because you know there was one point where you came across that and you learned that and you were like, holy geez, this is another aspect of exposure. Yeah, that yeah, we exactly. are coming into contact with, and because I know this, when I have a patient, now I have to be able to refer them out yeah, to the, yeah. the proper person so yeah. they get it taken care of properly. Yeah. Cause yeah, there's dent. Yeah. Cause, and I put that in my intake form too. Right. So metal amalgams, root canals, uh, fluoride, right. Like those are like all three major problems in terms of conventional dentistry. <laughs> um, so that's, um, so where was, I was at, um, I think we're on three heavy, heavy metals and then, <laughs> yeah heavy metals, and then um, environmental toxins, which is um, huge, right? So environmental toxins even includes, um, even includes um, EMFs. So electromagnetic fields um, that we're exposed to, we're going to be exposed to right now in terms of um, even doing this. But, you know, no matter what um, you live in a, a city, um, you're going to be exposed to those um, EMFs. So so it's just doing things in order to help protect our systems and, and removing um, environmental toxins. Environmental toxins will be everything from the herbicides and pesticides and insecticides that are sprayed onto our foods, as well as the additives and um, colors that are added to our foods. So um, trying to avoid um, environmental toxins as much as possible. Um, and then the other one would be uh, physical stressors. So physical stressors can be um, if we are structurally out of balance, um, so uh, chiropractic would be, we want to make sure that we're structurally balanced. If we've had some sort of injury, that can also be affecting um, how our body's functioning. And um, and then number six, which um, we, we can't really forget, it's really important, is emotional stressors. So um, this is mindset. This is what we think. And, um, and I would say that all of us, to some extent, have um, emotional stressors um, and what I call trauma that's on the nervous system that is affecting how our bodies properly function. And so those are all the things that we need to um, explore and, and look at in order to help to shift the body into balance. And, and we can do that all, in, we do that all in a stepwise um, priority sequence um, in terms of my practice. Um, but those are all the things that we're looking at. We're trying to identify, remove stressors, and then get the body into proper balance. Um, and, you know, like this is, it, it can seem overwhelming, but when we do it in, um, we, you know, we're doing some testing, we figure out exactly where those stressors are. We remove those stressors. Usually those stressors will have, um, will decrease the function of certain organs. So then we want to increase the function of those organs at the same time. But, you know, over time we're, we are shifting the body into a better balance point and, and getting people into a healthier space. So this is the beautiful thing about uh, 
going into this non-traditional sort of yeah. practice is yeah. that it, it takes your patient into all of these different aspects. You're, you're calling them the six stressors yeah. that we have, which yes, can seem overwhelming, but yet it brings us to the root causes yeah. of <laughs> why we are not, um, fully working to our full capacity. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. it, it dives a lot deeper and it's not just hitting that superficial surface aspect. Yeah. And, and so because of that, it really, it, it helps us bring us into alignment a lot faster, but not yeah. only that it's lasting. Yeah, this is yeah, lasting exactly. change because yeah. you're asking questions like, well, what are you exposing your body to? What yeah. are you consuming? What, what is your environment? Like how much time are you spending, you know, at your computer or what yeah. have you? Yeah. And then because of that, it's not that you, you, like you discussed, you don't just stop doing that. We're in this world, right? Yeah. We can't yeah. change everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to communicate this way yeah. or uh, we, we can choose not to, but you know, if we want to communicate this way, it's part of our environment. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to forego it or stop it, but it does mean that maybe it's going to be more time outdoors. It's yeah. more time yeah. is in, you know, the sunlight or grounding and connecting yeah. with nature yeah. in order to bring more of a balance to. Yeah. Them. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think that um, that's what, that's what we really need to focus on. Um, yeah. I usually describe, you know, like anytime someone comes in, normally I'm seeing patients who have like chronic conditions. And, and it's that, you know, it's not that there's just one problem. I wish it was just one problem. I wish it would just be like, oh, just remove this food from your diet and your whole system would be better. But it is, um, it's usually multi-causal that there's a number of different things that are, are causing their system to be out of balance. And then we're working on getting your system back into balance. Um, and and our and realizing that our bodies are like these dynamic systems that that so many different things are influencing them and and health i always describe health that health is a journey it's not a destination so so we have to just be always making mindful decisions about making sure that we um move our health forward and and it's all the things that we do every day on a consistent basis that makes the biggest difference. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, and the big example usually is like exercise and moving our bodies, right? You don't just do one workout and you're like, okay, well now I'm fine. Right. It's, it's all the stuff that you do on a consistent basis that will dictate your long-term and your longevity health. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, consistency is certainly key, hundred yeah. percent. And I, I'm a little more, um, a little more harsh with the movement thing. I, I, I like to say, you stop moving, you die. Because in my <laughs> yep, experience, yep, that's true. exactly what happens yeah. <laughs> yeah. is we, we will not survive. The body is not designed yeah. to not move. That's how our blood yeah. is flowing, and that the heart is pumping, and and it's. Yeah self-regulating. Right. Yes, and exactly. so, yeah. um, 
you know, all of that being said, that's incredible knowledge. You've brought so much value to the audience. I love that, that you do that within your practice. I certainly, uh, you know, want to come to, to your <laughs> practice. Now I am Anytime. not in Canada. So yeah. I'm curious, do you extend your services virtually for a broader audience or do you just serve your clients where you're at? Yeah. So, so that's probably that one of the challenge points is that under my license, um, I can only see patients. Um, I can only see patients, uh, um, at least for an initial consult. Um, face to face. Um, but I do have things like I have, um, I have, um, online courses. So if they wanted to dive into certain topics in more detail, people can like, I have a heal the gut, I have a balance of thyroid, I have a detoxify the body. Um, and I have one that's, um, revolved around my book in terms of building a healthy child. So, so there's different ways that kind of people can access me. And then, um, and then I also have like, a YouTube channel and a podcast, right? So where um, people can get lots, lots more information. Um, I just can't give, I can't give medical advice on any of those stations. So just to let you know, when people are asking questions on those, I, um, under my license, I cannot give medical advice on social media. So that's always the, yeah. the is well, that people like will write their send me their life stories and send me all their health concerns and I'm like I can't answer unless uh, you're physically a patient of mine but I have lots of resources and lots of information. Yeah, you are, you know, we live in such a cool, cool day and age yeah. where we get to create content to yeah. educate. And so it is gifting the world this at their own self-paced and so their own desire to explore and learn. Yeah. And and they're given that. And we have all of this knowledge at our fingertips is such a, a cool day and age. I just, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it because I'm a life <laughs> learner and there's, there's always things. So thank you so much for doing that because I think that there are practices out there, you know, but not wanting to extend themselves in that form. You know, it's not easy to put yourself out there, to put yourself on social media. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of learning that game, right? Yeah. The playing yeah. field is a fire hose to the face. And so, <laughs> um, but so that's why I'm thanking you for really putting yourself out there to give the world the knowledge and the know-how to explore that themselves in order to, to take the reins in their own hands. And that's really what we all need to be doing anyway, right? It starts with us because we are the ones responsible for ourselves yeah. and it all begins there and it ends there. And yeah. so let's, uh, I, I, I've had up here on the screen for a little while where the audience can find you. Your website is www.advancedneuropathic.com. Now, curious, is that also your social handle? How do people find your YouTube videos, et cetera? <laughs> so yeah, if you go to that website up in the corner has all the links to um, my social media, but the one, the one place where I, I spend probably the most time is Instagram. And so my Instagram handle is Dr. Melina Roberts. Um, and then my, um, and I'm pretty sure my YouTube channel is also advanced naturopathic um but, but you I, can I have we all find all of this uh, on your website on my website on my website Perfect. yes exactly you can go to my website Perfect. and you'll the links are all on there yeah cool so <laughs> 
for our audience. All of that information for each one of our guests is in the description oh, perfect. below. Yeah. Yeah. So you can all find Dr. Molina there. And so one thing, one of the last question that I would ask you, Dr. Molina, is if you want to, do you want to shed a little bit of light on, because you've written a whole book on it, but when we, when we start from the very beginning stages of life, you have three ideas that are really helpful for people. Um, oh, so I talk, I'm like, I'm like thinking, I'm just thinking if we go broadly or if you want me to go with. No, um, you have, um, there's three significant <laughs> concepts you say about yeah. the food introduction program yeah, yeah. for children, for all of our parents out there that might be curious. Yeah. So, um, basically what happened was that, um, in terms of like when I was, uh, when I had my child, I was, I came across these three concepts um, that really became the foundation of my book. And those three concepts were that our microbiome, so it's that ecosystem of bacteria and fungus that live within our gut, that they are, um, that it is like we form the foundation of that microbiome between birth and age three. So we have like basically a limited amount of time to be able to build that microbiome correctly right from the beginning. So that mm -hmm. to me was like, okay, well, we have to make sure that we introduce foods in the right way in order to build that microbiome right from the beginning. So that was one concept that I came across. The other one was that our organs mature at different rates. So, so so as in utero, that our baby's um, organs, they start to develop when they're in the womb, but then they continue to mature at different stages um, as they age. So one of the significant ones is that our pancreas doesn't reach full maturation till around two years of age. And our pancreas is what releases the enzymes to help bake break down grains in the body. So that means that we shouldn't be introducing grains until after two years of age. So that to me was also so significant because one of the things that is commonly recommended for uh, parents to do with kids is to do a first food is to do like a cereal, which is a grain, which our bodies actually don't have the capacities to be able to break down um, until around age two. So that also was a huge thing that I came across, which was like, okay, well, this is going to definitely influence how I'm going to be introducing foods to my child. And then the third um, really important concept is that our bodies are designed or hardwired to break down real food, not um, chemically latent processed foods. Our, our bodies need to be taking in real food. And this is for sure, this is for babies, but this is really for all of us. Um, it's just that, you know, as babies, they don't have um, as much of the capacity to be able to, um, to distinguish um, between you know, um, being able to fully be able to uh, break down and then um, our livers are going to be able to have to um, grab onto that toxic load and then move that out through the stools. 
they just aren't their their organ systems just aren't ha- don't have the maturity to be able to do that. So we got to make sure that we're giving our kids uh, real foods right from the beginning. So you know, so from the beginning, you're introducing um, fruits, vegetables, meats. Um, and then you're not introducing grains till after two years of age. So the, this is like completely different than the food introduction, the other food introduction um, concepts out there. And so this is what those three things are what makes it distinctly different than any other food introduction program out there. Yeah, I, I agree. And and it makes a whole lot of sense the way that you describe it of how our systems are are built and developing and they're just not you're not supposed to be processing things and at certain time periods because of that development factor yeah so dr melina this is incredible all the research i'm glad i asked you that because i think that that is a, a beautiful light to shed for the people out there who are just parents or their grandparents and, you know, to be able to pass that knowledge down to anybody that needs to hear it. So that being said, Dr. Molina, you have been an amazing guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? Um, Well, I think for me, it's always um, the always the important concept of hope, because I think that um, so many people have um, health issues and they just think that there's nothing that they can do about it. This is something they're just going to have to learn to live with. Um, there's, there's no other solutions out there. I've tried everything. And what I, and, and I also think that the other concept is, is that there's not one right answer. There's, there's a number of different ways in order to heal the body, but realizing that, that, we do just need to harness that. We need to realize that the body can heal itself. And so, yeah, my, my, um, my message is always one of hope. It's just realizing that, um, that we can heal and we can heal from anything. Um, I I say that even in terms of um, cancer treatments, you know, I think that we have a great concept that the body can create tumors but we don't really have that great concept that the body also has the ability to break down tumors and to heal mm-hmm. itself. And so um, I think that that's, that's really an important thing for us to really recognize and understand is that it's that our body is trying to work with us. Our body is trying to heal itself and our body isn't working against us. It's just has some mechanisms in place in order to protect itself. And so you always have to realize that, um, like our bodies are, are designed to heal and we just have to set up the right environment for it to do so. Ah, so cool. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that message. That is awesome. You've been a fabulous guest on the wellness driven life show. Thank you so much. And yeah. want to make sure that our audience knows as well. Thank you for tuning in because without you, the show wouldn't be possible. Yeah. So thank you again, Dr. Molina. This is incredible. Make sure to find her, check out her YouTube videos. She's obviously sharing this information, at, which is so powerful. And so check it out, grab the book. Share it with with the people that you know. If you're a parent or a grandparent, 
pass that knowledge down so you can really get people on that perfect first start. And thank you again. Goodbye for now. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. <laughs>